You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOPN Columbia. On the phone with me is the author of the book, Blessings and Curses, author Judy Kelly. Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, am a a novelist. I have written two novels so far, and I'm working on my third. I've also uh, written a book of short stories that I'm working on getting published as well. I uh, have been a long-distance bicyclist for some time and um, enjoy doing that. I get a lot of my ideas by uh, riding long distances and things like that. I also enjoy working out. I'm also very uh, a big working person in my church. Mm-hmm. I am uh, a prayer minister there, and I'm a lay reader, and I also serve uh, doing communion. Um, I have released myself from doing other things there to give other people a chance to do that while I work on my novel and and um, and do other things as well. I love uh, the uh, live theater. I love the movies. Um, uh, and it's just like going for walks and uh, uh, getting out, uh, meeting other people as, many, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, writers tend to stay at home and be with themselves, so I feel that it's important to uh, keep communication going. After all, some of my um, uh, things that happen in my novel, the events and even some of the, the, the things that people say come from the <laughs> people that I see around me. So that's 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 me. And speaking of your book, would you mind telling our listeners about blessing and curses? Uh, curses, and how did you come up with the idea for the book? Well, at first, the idea came out of my students. I uh, teach uh, high school students, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I I did I don't uh, anymore. But even my college students now uh, have some of the same problems. They all come from different backgrounds and. Some uh, many of them came from um, uh, different cultures that spoke different languages and and things like that. And students, when um, they have problems like that, they tend to put themselves down and they don't see their value, they don't see their worth, mm-hmm. and they don't want to do anything. They don't uh, see the need to finish high school. They don't see the need to go on. Nobody thinks anything of them. So why should they um, they bother? They they want to give up. Now, so I took most of the things that um, I heard my students say, uh, all of the negative comments they made about themselves, and I uh, kind of um, embodied my main character, Olivia Douglas, with with that attitude, the things that they said. And so my story is about uh, love, the power of love. It's about the choices we make, whether we accept for ourselves a blessing or a curse. And that's the thing that I was drilling through to my students. Uh, you want to do something positive in life so things will go your way. You don't want to do something negative where things will not go your way. The story is about the will for you to decide who you are for yourself and not let some people in society determine those things for you. It's about forgiveness, and the foundation of the whole book, I think uh, it is, is the family support. Very often we um, something can happen in your family, and your family members will say, well, uh, you know, I, I hope that you get that worked out, and then they kind of move away from you. But when your family members are in trouble, that's the time that we need to meet to move close to each other, to give them 
uh, support, emotional support if we don't have the financial means or we don't have the professional means. Just let them know that, you know, we're behind you. It's about the value that we place on ourselves and on other human beings. And then there's a small little thing in there um, that has to do with repressed memory. But as I, t- I said a minute ago, it's about um, Olivia Douglas, who is the main character. So I pose a question to the audience, um, to my readers. What would you do if you thought you had a curse over you? Mm-hmm. You would probably want to know how you got the curse, who did it, and how and what could you do to, about it? Well, for many years, Olivia Douglas felt that she had a curse over herself, and she thought that she was not um, holy enough, that she didn't believe enough in God, or she didn't have enough faith in God. So she entered the seminary. After three years in the seminary, she discovered that she still had that curse that was hanging over her. So she went back to her parish priest to let him know that she could not become a priest, but she couldn't tell him why. Like many of us who have secrets, she held on to this secret. After all, who would want a priest that had a curse hanging over them? Mm-hmm. So she, the, the um, priest, her parish priest, gave her an assignment to um, uh, pray with this inmate who was on death row who had asked for prayer. And so she accepted that. The inmate, uh, after they got to know each other a little bit, and right before he was executed, asked her to help him with a personal concern. And in fulfilling that request, she stumbled on something about her own life that threatened to uproot her life and could separate her from her family. Your story celebrates the better side of a human nature. How challenging was it to pen a heartwarming but heart-wrenching story? I Well, I, I right from the uh, third-person um, point of view, so everything in the story came from Olivia's mind. So this is just how she thinks. I wanted the reader to get up really close because I needed the reader to know exactly what this woman was feeling and, and, and to follow her as she uh, went through the events of the story. I wanted the readers to feel her hurt the pain that she was going through, her joys, her happiness, her disappointments. I wanted the reader to feel like they were right there in that room with her. They could reach out and touch her. They could ask her questions or cheer her on or tell her not to do something and and that she would hear. So it's kind of, um, uh, it, it was kind of easy for me since I wrote from that uh, point of view and I wanted the the reader to be very close um, with her, I don't find many stories that I read that take the um, reader that close to the character. Mm-hmm. So if I, the, when Olivia is disappointed, then the reader is disappointed. When Olivia is happy, then the reader is happy as well. As you mentioned before, in part of your story, a priest goes to an inmate that's on death row and prays with him. Should capital punishment be abolished? Well, I'm, I don't know if that's the question that we should be focused on, mm-hmm. uh, whether it should be abolished or not. I think that um, we, there are some other things that we need in the, the prisons that, we, that may not be the, that may be the less of the things to do. We take a prisoner 
coming in who is angry. Mm-hmm. I remember when I um, had to visit uh, one of my students uh, who was in juvenile delinquency when he was um, when uh, when I was teaching high school. I was a a, a, um, a a tester, so I would have to go test the students before anything could happen to them. And I remember going in, and um, I, you know, uh, was smiling and and letting everybody know that I'm don't belong there, <laughs> that that I'm coming in to 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 see a student. And um, and when I got back, this very cold response: mm-hmm. "Sit down, stand up, move over there." That kind of thing, and it just changed me. Um, while I was um, there, they uh, took me and moved me to one room. And then I heard all of this uh, clanging and um, banging noise, and I realized they had locked me in that room. And they told me, wait there. Uh, And so I did. But while I'm in that room, and it was just a few minutes, I just felt so helpless, so afraid. I was angry. I was all alone. I was scared to death. I felt insignificant, and somehow it made me feel like I wasn't even a human being. I had a small panic within me that, um, that made me want to just get out of there. So I, I just imagine that I'm going in testing someone, and so someone has to go through that every day of their life. Mm-hmm. When you think about that, we take people, we tell tell them that you know they this is the time they have to spend in jail, and then when they come out, if we do not do anything to them, they have come out worse than they were when we sent them in there. We wanted to re- rehabilitate them. I think the um, the prison system is to rehabilitate, and that there are a lot of things that are going on now in the prison system that's helping these uh, people get their lives together. There's this Free Minds Poetry Project that's helping the inmates see that they can uh, write poetry, that they do have some thoughts, that they are people just like the rest of us, that they can value themselves, and we can value them too. The respect and honoring people, I think that's we need to kind of get that in the prison system as much as we can. I have on my website this lecture by this guy, John L. He's a TED, on TED Talk. Can you imagine this? A guy who's on death row. I don't <laughs> think he's on death row, but I think he's in there for a long time. He's doing TED Talks. Um, so the vocabulary that this man uses uh, is just phenomenal. And you, he is uh, has uh, um, did some work on himself, so he self he self-educated. And so I think, though, if if we take people from um, who have barely finished high school and then we lock them up, we can't expect much um, from them. And if we don't do much to people in their environment, if we don't help them see the value of themselves, then we can't ask much of people. So I don't, to answer your question about death row, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that. I think that if we if they do something so violent and so heinous and so, you know, maybe they, they, they belong there. Mm-hmm. But there are other people who are in the prison who could very well come out as better people if we would put some time and effort in, in these programs, the um, Free Minds programs, um, the, these other um, uh, knife skills program where this, um, these people are teaching these inmates how to uh, run a restaurant, and it's uh, all run by all uh, ex-inmates. And so they have uh, can change things around. One component that I think is missing that I'm, I'm reading now uh, as I look at literature, 
the uh, psychological component. We can't just take a person out of prison and put them back on the street without doing something psychological with these people. They've been um, feeling helpless all this time. They're still filled with anger. They're still afraid. They feel insignificant. You can't let something like that out on the street and expect a good outcome. It's not going to happen. So I think that if we take the money that the taxpayers are using and invest it better, then I think we can have a better outcome. And then death row may um, um, may not even be a question if we do things like that. I think I've gone on. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my ministry, by the way. <laughs> but the more my students did a project, my college students last spring, we did a, a project on prison education, and I was shocked and um, at some of the things that these uh, people have to put up with. I didn't really know I had some other opposing views, but now that I see, I, I'm I'm con- concerned. And these people who were speaking would seem like they were really nice people. This guy, John, on um, that TED Talk, I mean, he was, wow. I mean, he wowed you. He, you and you kept thinking, he's still in there now? He's going to, yeah. when is he getting out? And, and it's no time soon that he, he's getting out. So I think that we have, um, uh, you, you know, talk about valuing people and making them feel respected and respect themselves as well. I, I think we need to just inject that into the, the prison system and, and and giving them more things to do. I saw something on TV the other day where um, uh, they have brought in uh, health so that the um, inmates now are cooking their foods and making better choices of what they eat. And they have the treadmill where they're not just lifting weights all the time, but they're actually um, using other muscles and, and um, um, body parts to um, give themselves a complete a whole uh, workout. And they're giving them classes, uh, teaching them classes. A lot of uh, people, uh, a lot of, I think mostly men, drop out of school around elementary school. So they, they're in and out, in and out. So get they can't take the GED because the GED is a high school equivalency. Oh. Many of them haven't reached that level yet, so they can't get educated in in the in the um, uh, prison system. But if they now their people are bringing in uh, classes so that these uh, men can now take classes and and uh, work toward earning the GED and uh, learning other things as well. And I understand that people are. Uh, they used to bring uh, inmates old, worn-out books and, you know, outdated and things like that and expect them to try to read all of that. But now I I, I hear that they are um, bringing uh, newer things, things that are um, that the same things that we're learning on the outside that they should be learning on the inside now. So I just think that one of the key words that I, I heard them say was throwaway people. They look at themselves as throwaway people, and that just sort of broke my heart that um, people could say that about somebody and then the person that that's speaking about accepts that as who they are, a throwaway person. Nobody is a throwaway person. What do we learn about ourselves from your book? Well, we learn um, several things. First of all, we see the uh, Olivia for who she is. We see that she's a kind of person who is flawed, and she understands that she's flawed. She wants to try to make herself better. She doesn't give up. She makes her own decisions. 
sometimes we we love her, sometimes we just like her, we want to urge her on. There are times that uh, we don't like her um, or we don't understand maybe why she's made a decision like that. We see that she has comp- accomplished things and we see that she uh, faced those challenges um, head on. She has a need to continue and a need to know. Like most of us, we have a need to know. And so she has that drive within her. And so the reader wants to uh, read on to find out what she wants to know. And she, uh, so this woman took on a a tough assignment and she saw how complex it was and she saw that it, how it was going to turn out, but she uh, went on with it anyway. She must have known and I kind of let the reader see that she must have known that she must have had some suspicions about how it was going to turn out. She must have known that it was going to turn out the way it did, but she didn't decide, well, I don't really want to face it. I don't really want to know. She went on with it anyway, and she did face it. Well, I want people to know um, that, uh, especially women who have been sexually abused, that uh, they don't have to leave themselves the way the abuser left them. So if I have been sexually abused, I can feel like I'm a sex object now. And so I may not be inspired to live the life that I wanted to live for myself. I may want to um, uh, dress and behave like I'm I'm a sex object. I want to readers to know, especially women, that don't do that because then you have given the power to somebody else. Take back your power. Be who you designed yourself to be, who you wanted to be. Be that person. That's the person that's in your heart, and that's the person you should be. And I want people to um, know that we all have flaws, but we can turn those things into, those flaws that we have, into something more meaningful, uh, something a little more positive. Uh, we, We don't have to just keep doing the same things that uh, turn ourselves off and turn other people off over and over. We can make those changes in ourselves. And then um, I want us to know that whenever a family member is in trouble, instead of uh, pulling away from that family member, we should draw close to them and do whatever we can to uh, make them, uh, lift them up, to see that somebody is supporting them, somebody is behind them, and that maybe they can have somebody to talk things over with. And we are called to love one another and take care of each other. More than anything else, I hope that you see that in my novel, that we are called to love one another and take care of each other. Where can people get your book? My blog, www.judycar.com. My blog is Love a Good Story and um, Amazon, www.amazon.com. Blessings and Curses, Judy Kelly. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I just want to thank you so very much for having me, mm-hmm. and I've enjoyed this conversation, and I, I just hope the readers can will um, enjoy the, the book as well. Well, thank you so much for the interview. It was an honor, and you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.